on dispensers of pets, poking out at the cons, renaissance fests, watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a trekking, eh, sit back and watch as the uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Listen up, fanboys. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. In three-part harmony. Here's your host, my bro Montana, Derek McCaw. Hey, like this is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We are podcasting from Elusive Comics and Games, two seven two five El Camino Real, Suite one hundred four in Santa Clara, California. Where tonight we're baby mama free. That's right. true. Yes, yeah, she did. <laughs> that, that is true. All right. Well, uh, of course, uh, that was my fabulous announcer. The wit, the raconteur, the sandpaper, the salami sandwich. Still mad at you for that one, Doc. Still mad at you. <laughs> Lon Lopez. Yes. And across, it's just a three-man team tonight. Across, the anchor, the man who makes it all happen. My main man. Hugging the bottom of, of the sea, it's Rick Brett Snyder. <laughs> Yay! All right, so we've got some comics news. we got some movie news. we got some TV stuff to talk about. We're going to go back into Rick's halcyon teen years for TV news, oh, in yeah. fact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But let's start with some comic stuff, shall we? Comics. We should. Well, okay. Well, I, who is it who likes to hear comics first? I do. I do. Isn't there a listener? Uh, no, it's definitely this is where Drew Preston goes off and gets a drink and oh, goes okay. back. But you know what? We're at a comic shop. We should do so. Suck it, it up, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. We're here to talk. Comics. I want to talk about it because at least one of these books already sold out here at Elusive. But uh, what you talking about, Dick? I, I kind of took him a surprise. This is the week that Boom Studios, which is a, a, a pretty cool company, small but Mark Wade is editor in chief. Boom Studios has launched their uh, kids book initiative. Uh, initiative? And, yeah. So they're having children register with their comic shops or they're going to go to jail? They have superpowers yeah. and oh, they're going okay. to be assigned to 50 yeah. states. We're going to redistribute all the all children, the children. <laughs> of America. Uh, Dang you, Tony Stark! This it's is a why, daring move. This is why comics news has to be front because that joke is only funny to people who read comics. Otherwise, mm-hmm. there are people possibly accidentally tuning in going, what? They're registering children? It's a fascist government. You no, know, my, it's not. My comedy's uh, genre-geared, you know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. Or just... Odd. Or just geared, yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, so the chill, the the children's initiative. They've got three. They've got three books to start with, um, and two came out today, and they're Disney related. Uh, Incredibles, yay! That's so incredible. Mark Wade is writing an Incredibles miniseries. Can I just say that as a non-child, I'm actually looking forward to that. Well, we got a pre- we got a preview copy of that, uh, and I got to say, it really is. It captures the rhythm of, without spoiling it for you guys because you haven't read it yet. Haven't read it. Uh, it really captures the rhythm of the film. How's I the can, artwork? Really good. Cool. I cannot remember who the artist Comparable is. Comparable to the movie, though? It did feel like it cool. was right. It was a good Does comic it take book up adaptation. Post, post movie? Post movie. Yeah. Some time has passed. A villain we've never seen before. Can I ask you that? Is it, is it comic? Okay, let me ask you this. Does it look comic art style or does it look like digital movie style? It's comic art. Okay, cool. It's, got, it's, it's, it's like it's like actually, and this is high More praise. More 2D almost. Truly, for, for Rick and myself, this would be high praise. It felt like I was picking up a really good gold key comic okay. of, hmm. a, of a Disney okay. film. That'd be cool. A lot of detail. Then. And then what really surprised me, the other kids book they're launching this week, 
They're also they've also got a, a Britney ca- Spears a Cars book that's coming in a, in, a, in, a, in a, about a month. Why would they make a comic about some eighties pseudo mod band rock band? Why would they? Make- nice try. I don't. That'd be the Cars. See, that's why articles oh, always allude you. The okay. Cars. Oops, oh, I'm sorry. Hang on. Let me get my lawn be gone spray. I was gonna say Rick Ocasek. Oh. Spells his name right. Okay. Anyway, uh, the Muppet Show. A four-issue miniseries adapting the Muppet Show, and I and wave your little green arms around. It was Yay! a really good. This, this one really blew me away because I was not expecting. You weren't expecting it. That no it, one expected that it the had Muppet a through show. line. That it actually was like a you know it had a was plot, it like an episode of but it was like an episode of the show. The two guys up in the it, balcony it, yes, it began there. with the with the newscaster who announces that that uh, the Muppet Show has invaded comics, and then the page turns on him. And then Statler and Waldorf are up heckling already that this isn't going to work. And then they go right into it. There's no celebrity guest, but they have a plot that goes through. I was going to ask And it intersperses with a lot of favorite moments. You know what they should do? Is is this Boom Studios? It's Boom Studios. Uh, Yeah, well, they should have celebrity guests from their other magazines. Who knows what they're going to do? Cthulhu and the Muppets. Comedy gold. (laughs) Uh, but but you, you you've got to read it. The I, Phantom I, and the Muppets. I'm passing that one that's along. No, that's Moonstone. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but anyway, I, I so right out the gate, these two books are just great kids' books. Although with the Muppet Show, it might be a little more nostalgic because what they didn't do was it is the characters from the '70s, not from that Muppets Tonight in the '90s where mm. they try to kind of revive and recapture the magic. It is. We all don't the, talk about that time. Muppets we don't. Tonight. You don't remember it. That's good. It wasn't in the very 90s, good. is that what you said? Yeah. Oh, is that the one they did on like ABC or like yeah, Friday Night? Pepe the Prawn and the Catfish that, you know, it was That's a lot of characters stupid. that nobody really liked. And so this one is it's the classic. It's back in the broken down vaudeville theater. It is great nostalgia. Miss it Piggy is, Chase it is and great. Yeah, around. it is great to to pass on to the to kids. Pigs in and Space. Pigs in Space is uh, there. Wow. They do a little wow. episode of Pigs in Space. Swedish Chef. Yes, Swedish Chef is there, oh. and they somehow make that work, even though it's <laughs> morph, morph, morph. Yeah, yeah. How and do they actually yeah write the dialogue for that with a lot of mock Swedish <laughs> figures, you know, uh, umlauts, umlauts, and and those little you know the little lines of the O's. But uh, so it, I was really surprised by that. But the interesting thing about this kid's line from Boom is that they also announced today they signed a deal to get these books back on newsstands. Now I don't know where newsstands are, but they signed with a distributorship. So they so this is a book you can actually go into ideally a grocery store and see on the magazine rack at a grocery store and a drugstore. Well, store. they don't have magazine racks. It would be the well, shelves. there are bar- the there are Barnes and Noble, oh, Noble. Right. Barnes and Noble, and I did see. Uh, but there are magazine shelves. I've in, seen in grocery stores I've and drugstores. Uh, sidewalk uh, magazine racks in uh, in uh, New York. So there's yeah. So there's still places cities. where that's pretty common. It's just not yeah. common in San Jose. But point is, it's going to be back into places where. Parents are going to see, yeah. oh, the Muppet Show, or oh, the Incredibles, and pick Starter it up. Drugs, absolutely. Oh, Gateway cars. Drugs. You know, yeah, eventually cars. Uh, oh, Dark Avengers. Movie. Not so much, but you know. <laughs> but the point is, it's it's getting out there into places back where kids might actually be able to pick it up instead yeah. of coming into. That's how although, you get the kids hooked. Although I got to say, once again, one of the reasons we podcast from Elusive Comic Games, this is a really cool, family friendly. Store, yes, uh, you know it's bright, it's open <laughs> now more than ever. <laughs> now, <laughs> oh, okay, sorry, uh, purple, purple. Anyway, um, another book that they also gave us to review is was called Caped, which apparently is the sidekicks uh, phrase for getting screwed. So, um, <laughs> I got caped. if you're if you're sidekicking 
for a superhero, you've been caped. And he's like he he lets the villain get you. Yeah, kind of thing. So, just, so it's about it's from the the personal <laughs> assistants about all the personal assistants to superheroes. So is this an update to what was the one back? Rich Vetch, uh, Rick Vetch, uh, the Brad Pack. Yeah. No, it's a it's a very different take. It's okay. kind of a little bit like that. Uh, Image had a book called Sidekicks a couple of years ago. It's sort of played with a similar idea, but this is these guys don't have superpowers. They really are the personal assistants. They're the ones to make sure, you know, I'm sorry, you're scheduled to make a oh, public appearance here. Oh, they're personal assistants, they're not the PAs. The, yeah, uh, so uh, it's kind of clever, nice artwork. It was uh, – I thought it was good. So I, my challenge to you guys this week is to is to take a look at these books because I've got them I out there for your homework. So. And, and take a look. We can come back and talk about them. But for right now, I'm definitely going to say, yeah, Cape is, is funny. But the kids' books, absolutely, pick them up for your kids. And the Incredibles already sold out here. That took them by surprise. The Muppet Show, still a few copies left on the shelves at Elusive. And I know they're hoping to, to reorder. And uh, so, let's, uh, so let's give a shout-out to Boom. And uh, I think the Lon phrase is, is just showing me holy a panel moly. that I'm not well, sure Well, look at the cover. And look at the cover. It's like... Wow, if for Oracle, the cure. Yeah, Oracle is... Uh, you know, she's been in that chair a while, but she is still one healthy woman. Oh, she is. Well, she works out. They do make. She does a lot of bench pressing. She yeah, does. Really. And she still does a lot of uh, gymnastics, and uh, she just took out the Joker in um, in the Birds of Prey book. Okay, which ended really poorly. So they could start this, do this battle for the cowl, and have a miniseries with her. It was. Just, I don't like when DC. You know, they arbitrarily canceled a book and said, "Okay, it's ending now," and it just suddenly rushed to a close. I was not happy with that. But if that book is good. Certainly, the artwork is intriguing. We'll be taking a look later. Well, the first of that, that one and the uh, uh, Commissioner Gordon one is out too. Yeah, this week. Um, so uh, let's turn, however, to Marvel books that, that at least Rick has read. You want to talk about Secret Warriors and Dark Avengers? Yeah, well, Let's Secret Warriors is kind of an interesting one because that's the follow-on to the Nick Fury plotline from Secret Invasion. Mm-hmm. Let me and ask you this though: now that all the scrolls have been sent away, who are the Secret Warriors fighting now? Who do you think? All the bad guys, or uh, now Norman, the Dark I'm Avengers? Norman Osborn. Oh, okay. So, I mean, Norman Osborn now has his hammer, which is the replacement for shield, and but Nick has his cocoon warriors, the heroes nobody but him knew about that he recruited at the end of Secret Wars. Now, the book has actually been pretty good so far. We only had two issues. The art's fabulous. What's been kind of interesting in the second issue, it's been out for weeks, so I'm going to do kind of a big spoiler for it. That's okay. Go ahead. Uh, Skip ahead two minutes if you haven't read the book and you want to. Early in this, this book focuses, the second issue focuses on Hydra, Baron Strucker, I guess, Mm -hmm. is the main character. And in it, we find out that S.H.I.E.L.D., I guess they hinted at this last issue, issue as well, S.H.I.E.L.D. actually was an arm of Hydra. And, and everything that was going on in S.H.I.E.L.D. was actually being controlled by HYDRA. And there's one panel where At Nick, one point, not forever. I, well, Not there, in all its history. There's one panel where Nick Fury basically goes, everything I've done in my life has been a lie. And behind him, they're showing all the Jim, uh, all the, uh, Jim, Steranko? Jim Steranko artwork from his classic series from uh, Tale uh, Tales, Tales, of Suspen- Tales, Tales of Suspense, and then his 16-issue uh, run of Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. All those fabulous, uh, amazing scenes are behind him. And so this, it, it could it could turn out not to be 
and, but I have a little trouble with them messing with that much of cherished history to say yeah. that was all just – that was Hydra manipulating him. Also, I have a little trouble with the idea that, that Hydra hasn't taken over the world. If they're capable if, of setting up If they're up capable shield. of setting up S.H.I.E.L.D. who basically were – S.H.I.E.L.D. Captain America. It was a UN were, initiative. Yeah. So um, little, yeah, that's gotta be it's a, a little fishy, uh, but aside from that, great book. And I love the way, Sh- way Fury's been uh, training his secret warriors, and the warriors themselves are actually really good characters. So I want to recommend this to anybody. It's There are two issues in, so if you haven't picked up those already, it's not too late to pick up number one and two and get into this one. Okay, good. And uh, then you said also Dark Dark Avengers. Dark which Avengers ties in a bit. Actually, I was hoping we'd find we'd all find an issue of uh, the latest issue out. of Dark Dark Avengers that are all sold out. I'm really eating crow on this whole Dark uh, Reign stuff because they're doing some terrific stuff in this and even books you like Four. Brian Michael Bendis, will you love us again? Yeah, Brian? the best thing they have done. They gave Marvel Boy pants. Yeah, well, that's true. So, come on, right there, that's a step in the right direction. You know what? You're impressed by the strangest things. An amazing scene in the latest issue has Norman Osborn talking to Bob, what's his last name? Reynolds? Reynolds, the the sentry. And Bob has basically been really depressed and kind of hanging out by himself. He has to be uh, taunted into being his... uh, Tales of manic depression. Yeah, ultimate warrior stuff. But Osborn goes up there and basically does this amazing job of talking to him about the void which is uh bob believes is his other self that everything he does positively the void goes and does something negatively which, if you have read that is uh, the original series that's what that's that is what how was, his powers what work. was going um but are we certain that's still going on no okay no it is not Gonna, but Bob is in, in any Bob case. Is Bob is convinced that's, that's, that's what happens, and yeah. Norman actually, in an amazing couple of pages of dialogue and stuff that I didn't at, that at the same time felt entirely new for that character to be doing mm-hmm. for me, but at this but didn't feel like a violation of the Norman Osborn character. Basically, talks Bob out of his depression, talks him into being an active character, talks him out of fearing. But the that's void. the that's the manipulation of Norman Osborn. And you know that's that, great. and that's what I'm saying. It's it's the writing on that was smart. I liked what they're doing with the character. I didn't real. I picked up a couple issues of Thunderbolts with him, and I never got this from him. He's really really being well written, and the idea that the the Dark Avengers, the way they're working that group, um, I'm really impressed. With I have this one book. complaint with the artwork. What's that? I don't want Tommy Lee Jones to be Norman Osborn. <laughs> and yeah, which seems, has been very consistent. It yes. seems. I mean, look at that panel right there. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah. I know. It's yeah. not the first time. And it's like throughout Warren Ellis's run on Thunderbolts, he was drawn that way. Yeah, and it's like stop drawing Nick Fury like Samuel L. Jackson. You know, come on, guys, you're no, artists. You, you, you create a character. Now, well, yeah, now you have to. But I'm just saying. Well, it's I, like, I, you know, let's take this moment to say that's one of the things. Like when you go back to we talked about identity crisis a couple of weeks ago. Rags Morales. Rags Morales had specific celebrities that he based everybody in Identity Crisis on, and then he changed them. So he used those celebrity personas to give give him an anchor to how uh-huh. they would act, how they would look, you know, what their expressions would be like, and then changed the appearance. So you would so you don't know who was who. Yeah, you know, and and that and that's what Lon was just talking about before he so rudely took a phone call that. Uh, <laughs> We could have gotten through that. You could have, but please. I'm going to spank him right here on the air. Okay. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Anyway, that, that's, the, that's, that's what an artist should do, 
is take it and twist it, you know, uh, and, and, and create his own imagery instead of being <coughs> obvious like, yes, that's a swipe. That's a Tommy Lee Jones, you know, yeah. swipe there. We know that, you know, and on the flip side, there's guys like Greg Horn and Greg Land. Where if you if you buy the books, you know, Greg, uh, the art of Greg Horn to Greg, Greg Land, and you realize that he actually does know people that look that that hot. That is depressing, but still, <laughs> <laughs> or inspiring, or inspiring. But the other the other it's, book that I wanted to touch on was yeah. um, from I think from two weeks ago, it, which was uh, Thor six hundred. Yes, and again, one of the things we were saying at the end of Secret Wars was, and we saw this dark rain coming, and we're so tired of these big events. Why couldn't it just be like they did with Luther when he was president in D.C.? Just make it part of the universe, mm-hmm. and I think. They are. They're doing a pretty good job of it. They're still telling good stories. And I'll give you an example. In Thor 600, one of the best Loki stories that's been building up for quite a while, which at the end twists a little bit and gets hooked into Dark Rain or at least some other events that are going on sure. in Dark Ven- Dark Rain. But and just on its own, an excellent Thor, Loki um Asgardian mythos, world-changing story. But you don't have to go in and buy something from Dark Rain unless – you go, oh, that's interesting. Right. Maybe I'll do that. Right. Maybe and I'll if you know the that. characters, there's a there's a one there's a big reveal at the end of the story. All you have to do is know that character. And if you're reading Marvel comics, you know that character. So I'm not going to spoil it. Um, I, but that is a wonderful package. That book is probably still in the stands. It was huge. It's, I can't remember what price it was. It was probably a little more expensive than the other ones. Um, but the uh, it has a it has several stories in it. There's a backup Thor story that basically takes you through all the general aspects of the Don Blake Thor um, character and how Asgard works with Earth and all that other stuff. There's mm-hmm. a mini Marvel story that I usually don't like that series. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. But this of one Marvel. was actually pretty good with with Don Blake uh, switching places, but, bringing Thor back. But I'm going to say because now I've been hearing this. I really actually got this feedback this this week after. Uh, Grinsbreaker number two came out and said, some guy wrote and said, I saw it, but I didn't pick it up because I feel like I've already fallen behind after after one know, issue. After one issue. I'm like, no. But at this point, like with Thor 600, no, it's it's really Thor 12 of the new run or 13 of the new run. Yeah. And I, I, Although this one really would stand on its own. Yeah. But what I, what I was going to say is this is, it, it, I, I think I've said it before. J. Michael Straczynski is still writing Thor. Yeah. Uh, this is one absolutely worth picking up in a trade paperback collection or in a hardbound you mean collection. the current run. The current run. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely, because I just think I was not a huge Thor fan. I mean, I've dabbled and read just about every character it's in Marvel it's, at one it's time or another. It's like a movie. It's, 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 it's uh, just great. Cinematic. And, remember, you know, and I remember, like I said, when we way back when, when we looked at issue one and I said, you know, it's probably going to be great in a trade and I'm tired of that. And now I'm like, I, got, I have to say, yeah. I have to get that trade because that Thor story is so well done and so beautifully drawn and so well written. You know, that, that's one to keep. Yeah, it's nice to say that's a, that's a keeper to have on the shelf. I'll give you the, uh, one last thing about that one. It ends with a bunch of um, vignettes that were in Tales of Asgard, originally drawn by Jack Kirby, and it's too bad Lon's not sitting here. Inked by Vinnie Coletta. And no, it's a good thing he's not sitting here. Go and, ahead. And um, I had forgotten just how much Coletta could ruin good Kirby art. I mean, it's it's really really uneven, and, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, because I really thought. 
when I'm looking over the table of contents, I think this is a great package. We've got everything going on. It's a good. I mean, it's Tales of Asgard. Asgard was a great series. Mm-hmm. Um, I've forgotten. It was in the. I was in the back of Thor. Yeah. Okay. So, and it's earlier, earlier stories of Thor before the right before the current before, before the, his superhero career. Yeah, before his superhero career. Um, but yeah. So again, six uh, issue six hundred, or if you're going to save up for the trade, that's fine too. That's to go. Let's talk about the Ultimate books because they're coming to an end. Oh yeah. And last week, Ultimatum number three came out. Can we mention one more th- uh, one thing about that? Uh, did you have? Were you going to talk about X Men one hundred? Well, that would be it's part of the Ultimate books. Yeah. yeah. X- Ultimate X Men one hundred was the last issue of Ultimate X Men, which was unfortunate because they. What a, what a terrific way to just wrap that series issue one hundred you know get bring it to mm-hmm. a close or at least but they absolutely didn't they they ended it on on a note where they're going to take that story directly off into another another book well see I gotta say honestly Rick that was a book a title I just dropped a long time ago yeah because you know with Bendis on Ultimate Spider Man even even though he made changes like I never felt this manipulation of oh yeah. You think you know how continuity's going and yeah. who these people are because you read the old version? Well, how about this? Every change Bendis made on Ultimate Spider-Man made sense or right. was really surprising, like a revelation a while but back. The X-Men was just shock value. But all, X-Men was like, oh, yeah, you think it. Oh, Cable. Cable's really Wolverine because you think you know. Yeah. And it's just like. No, it made no sense. It yeah. was just for the sake of changing it all. The last run as they've been running up to Ultimatum hasn't been that much. I think all the books that are leading into Ultimatum have been better, generally, storytelling. Well, that's good. But I understand what you're saying. But, I, I, but I've got to say, though, that I enjoy Ultimatum because now Ultimatum is doing what I never feel the satisfaction of in like even a what-if tale or a one-off Elseworlds or anything like that where – Anything can happen. These are characters we have some investment in. We recognize them just enough, and especially because of the Ultimates, which regard you know the first two seasons of Ultimates were so good. You feel so such in a way in ownership of those characters, oh, yeah. even though they're different. I feel I understood them well enough, and so to have things happening to them, as horrified as I was at the end of issue two, where the Blob was eating Janet Van Dyne, right. Which was out of character for what they had done in Ultimate X-Men. I, that seemed like a really weird change. And yet I'm thinking, all bets are off. It's disgusting. I'm horrified by right. that. But I got, once I got over my revulsion of that, and they got a cheap shot. And why, why, why when, when villains eat women, which has happened way too often in comics, it's always the same shot and it's always the same. They're always eating this, the belly out. Yeah. It's just weird. It's, um, it's the whole womb thing. I guess. It's just disgusting to me. It's a gross moment. But they took it right back because they have Hank Pym come in and oh, yeah. dispose of the blob pretty much the same way. It was, it was, and it was great. And in saying that this is what you should do, if you're going to create a universe... And I then blow it up at the end. Then blow it up at the end. I love that it's finite. I yeah. love that it, something is really happening and that anything can happen. And it's a perfect vehicle for Jeff Loeb, who occasionally when he comes into runs... Does the way he stirs things up is he makes you care about a character and kills them, and and that has been it's been I'm not going to say it's a cheap shot it's always been effective, uh, but it's, it's definitely a common plot device for Jeff Loeb to let him lose here it doesn't feel like a plot device it doesn't feel like jerking it is look his job was to destroy the ultimate universe right and he's doing it in a very affecting way yeah I got I should say at this point by the way just while I'm on the Jeff Loeb we forgot to cover last week. 
that they've announced that the next DC animated after Green Lantern is his Superman Batman Public Enemies, the first run mm-hmm. uh, on oh, the Superman Batman book. Right. Uh, where they, I don't think that did that introduce Supergirl. Uh, that might have been the, that, the she run was that in did. The she was the, in. The That's where run, she yeah. came in. This new version of Supergirl. So, you know, Jeff Loeb is getting that kind of attention from the from the DC Direct or the DC Universe films cool. that you know he deserves. I've blown hot and cold on that guy. When he is good, he is really, really good. And Ultimatum is really, really good. Yeah. For characters that I'd stopped caring about about it two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm 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 with that. Uh, tell me about then another guy from the past, John Byrne, working on Star Trek, where it's like, wow, that's the John Byrne we loved in the '80s. So IDW, I mean IDW Star Trek, uh, I'm I'm finding more and more in that that I like, and this was um, Star Trek Crew, uh, and it's classic Byrne artwork. I mean that guy is just a machine. His his artwork it hits a standard and and just runs with it. Yeah, it's it. a high high. Uh, High running machine. I don't yeah. know how to phrase that correctly. He's, he's a quality artist, and the the pacing, the paneling, uh, the storytelling—it's all right there. Um, this is a, this is a story of the Enterprise before it was commissioned. So it's student. It's basically uh, cadets on an Enterprise, um, a, a a skeleton crew, which is it'll it'll immediately start to sound a little bit like Wrath of Khan. Uh, because there, there's not the full complement of crew, but, but they're the not original, expecting anything But it's happen. the original crew is what you're saying. No, it's there. not. It's pre-original crew. Oh, no oh, Kirk, Pike? No Kirk, no Pike. It's it's an entirely what's different. No, what's that guy? Oh, if, I, I, I can't, have no yeah. no credibility as a Star Trek Zorlak, but I cannot remember the name of the original captain. Pike. No, no. There's oh, Christopher. A, uh, there's a captain before Christopher Pike who's never um, shown on the series, but it's like everybody knows that's the guy. Yeah, actually, oh. there is a guy who who the captain does refer to him himself. A nice callback as uh, I'm a Dunsel, which is a callback to the original series. Dunsel was a, a nickname for something that was useless and you know, whatever. Captain Dunsel. Um, yeah, but uh, this was uh, and and apparently it translates as sandpaper. Uh, it's yes. uh, this was the first issue. They uh, the second issue looks. Uh, they've got the uh, preview for it at the end, and it looks pretty. It looks wow. like they're going to continue. I on. totally missed that. I'm going to have to. Trek is having a good year this it year. It is a good year for I, Trek. You know, if if it's John Byrne and it's Star Trek, I'm buying it. It's but, Trek, baby. But you know, I've also got. I've, I've I've looked at some of the other Trek books that IDW's done, and yeah. and I've liked those too. Uh, I thought that their their season four books were were well done. Yeah, know? I might pick those up and trade. They just haven't grabbed me as much as the the burn. Well, but burn stuff assi- assignment yeah. Earth and this. Okay, yeah. that's great. Um, another book that I that we got all going to be looking forward to, and and Rick oh, yeah. doesn't know what this is. Oh yeah, give it to me, DC's baby. Wednesday comics. Okay, what? Yeah, it's coming out in July. So these are comics that come out on Wednesdays. No, no, right. get ready for as it. As opposed to yes. oh, all look, the other comics. He's giving you the smart act, uh, Alex. You're going to be a smart. I, I'm he's like you're editing it down for him. I That's mean, nice. You're yeah. him a I'm being a little time. sandpapery. Mm-hmm. Okay, be a little sandpapery. You're fine grain here. Ready you're right. They are comics that come out on Wednesday. Okay, but they're not comic books. Oh, they're it's comic a, strips. It's a Sunday comic section that will come out weekly. And be oversized. Look at his like, face. Like this. Oh, I think he's excited. Oh, he's scratching and his face. And will fold so that it can it, so that it can fold into the size so it'll fit in your long box. At least that's the hope. But it's like a it's like a classic 30s 40s size comic section. So you can sit in your lazy boy with top creators pack your pipe doing characters out of continuity. 
So let me let me name some things here. Oh, name it. Kyle Baker. Yes. Hold hold on just a second. So this is this is a book that I pick up in a store. Weekly comic. It's not coming with my newspaper. No, it's going to be a weekly book in the comic shops. Okay. But it's 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 not actual book though. It's it's folded paper. It's a weekly. It's a weekly newsprint. It's a periodical. Periodical. Wow. That's good. So they're calling them Wednesday comics. They come out on Wednesday instead of Sunday. But it's like the Sunday funnies. The Sunday Ah, comics. Ah, I got it. So Kyle Baker's doing Hawkman. Ooh. In a, in a really realistic style. It's it's we haven't Kinda seen like a Kyle Baker do it do work Al this Foster style. Ooh. Yes. Okay. We're going back to the original Alex Raymond ripoff thing that Sheldon Muller was doing. So Neil Gaiman oh. is writing Metamorpho. Ah. Okay. Because basically the edit. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Bill Hader. Oh. Hey, they, uh, and they're doing. Ah, and some ah. care, uh, there's a Green Lantern feature. There's a Commandy. So there's going to be a weekly Commandy oh, wow. strip. And so they're not beholden to anything that's happened in continuity. And basically, what the editor did. Just was, like most of the Sunday comics. Yeah, DC's art director went. Oh, to, like Andy Cap had a continuity. Went, it does. Uh, went out to as to a bunch of cre- his favorite creators, and so it's going to be a summer event. I think it's only going to run till September, unless it sells really well. Then they'll extend, but they've got it planned for three months. Three and months every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Wow. So he went and talked and to all his favorite creators. He said, he said, and he said to his favorite creators and said, "What do you want to do?" And, um, and so hide my wife. So Neil Gaiman. <laughs> <laughs> so Neil Gaiman came back with Metamorpho. He's like. Okay, well, Neil Gaiman's oh. going to write a Metamorphose strip, you know, and that's it. That's cool. So, uh, and uh, online you can find the Kyle Baker Hawkman. There's about, been about three pages of that artwork has been released. Uh, there have been some design work for the Green Lantern uh, feature. Which Green Lantern do we know? It's Hal, Hal Jordan. Oh, Hal Jordan. Uh, you know, Hal Jordan kind of set in the 60s, it looks like. Back to the. It, it's was just, Alan Scott before the 60s? Yeah, he was the 40s. 30s, the 40s? Okay. 1940. Cool. That's great. That's really great. So it's a great experiment. It's exciting. And it's going to be accessible. Anybody Do we have can a price it? Uh, I, I don't know what the price point It'll is. It'll be interesting. But the, but the big thing for me is it's accessible. If you don't have to know what's going on in the continuity, sure. you walk into a shop and go, all I know is is Hawkman's the guy with the wings. Cool. Give me some good stories. Give me yeah. a good Hawkman story. Give me a good Hal Jordan's Green Lantern. Give me a good Green Lantern. Depending on the pricing and stuff, this could really be breakthrough for uh, for non comic fans. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So I, I got to say, what I, if they start selling them at the newspaper racks? Yeah, awesome. The thing, that be cool? It's just got me excited about this. Is DC's doing something incredibly, incredibly right? Or at Did, least, yeah, shake up the market a little bit. You know, try something new. Why not? Have you ever heard of back in God? It has to have been in the late sixties. Whammo came out with an oversized comic. Most of the art was done by Wally Wood. Whammo, um, like wh- the Frisbee people. Yeah, and I've been look. I, I wait a minute. You just gave me a great idea. I had one, but it was it was literally comics you can throw comics on frisbees. But it was literally it was it was the size of an unfold. It was a book the size of an unfolded comic book section, and it was a bunch of stories. Like, they were obviously thinking they were going to continue this because a lot of them are continue uh, yeah to be continued continue stories. Um, but most of the most of the art in it was done by Wally Wood, and I've, I've uh, always been meaning to try and find a uh, a copy of that again. Hmm. I, well, I, maybe if you come right to Comic Con this summer, yeah. If any of you listeners out there know what Rick's talking about, write in to editor, editor at fanboyplanet.com. Thank you. Help him. Help me. Help him. Let's talk movies, shall we? Because we've been. I'm I'm excited about comics, but you know now it's time to move on. Let's say, move on to the movies. Should we go rumors or film Let's reviews? Go out to the There's 
What's that Fleetwood? Oh, we can't sing Fleetwood Mac. Anyways, uh, rumors. I don't know. Uh, rumors. Okay. Well, there. Uh, this is com- by the time. And this me is- and Rick will tell you how plausible they are. Okay. This this one. Prob- you give us the rumor. All right. We'll shake it up. Let me let me do it. Okay. This one's gonna probably possibly be debunked by the time we actually get this posted. But it just went up before I left work today. Let's debunk it, Rick. Ready? Here yep. we go. Hear me. That uh, at some film festival in England last night, somebody talked to Simon Beaufoy, who's the writer of Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, and, and the, uh, full the Academy Award winning movie? The Academy Award winner for Slumdog Millionaire. Remind, I didn't see that. Remind, what was that movie about? It was a like a touching dog. love story about... Uh, yes. Okay, so... With the backdrop of who wants to be a millionaire in Okay, India. so he writes like touching love stories. And no, he wrote The Full Monty. Okay, so maybe... Talk about touching. Comedy. You don't know. Shh. I'm just saying. I, I want to know his pedigree, his background. Yeah, it's a pretty good pedigree. Okay, so what... Claim the rumor? is his agent uh, got him the gig writing Wolverine 2. Rick, I'll let you go first. Yes. I'm not buying it. I'm gonna call Pew stuff. Well, the the way the <laughs> the way the posting was phrased, it, it had just the, the the whiff of credibility in that he said, "Yeah, it's really it's really weird. Just that Fox. I I don't know who Wolverine is, but uh, my agent told me it was a really good gig for me to follow up and do. Now, if it is true, the guy's a decent writer. He's got a great sense of characterization at the very least." You know um, what somebody should have done? Somebody should have took out their iPhone. Wolverine 1? No, should have took out their iPhone, showed the guy a trailer of the Wolverine Origins movie, and have the guy go, oh, yeah, yeah let me rethink that. I have an Oscar. So that one out. Okay. Transformers 2. Although Electric there is Boogaloo. An, uh, although, uh, must that joke be made every time? Yes. Okay. It's just like screaming free it bird a at a concert. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You're right. This one, I'm going to let the sandpaper go. Thank you. Uh, that apparently, though there is uh, there is uh, a movement among fans to make sure that, uh, was it Jeff Welker? Uh, the guy, I don't think it's the right first name. Jeff Welker is like a football player. I no, think. Welker, uh, uh, a Welker. voiceover artist, a cartoon artist who has done a lot. Frank Welker, that's it. Frank Welker. Uh, voiced many Transformers on the animated series. Okay, yeah. And since they brought back the original Optimus Prime, they're saying we've got to do this, you know, Frank Welker, um, that the the evil Transformer in Transformers 2, The Fallen, uh, even though there are fans are saying Frank Welker should have a place and be, and be able to create the, the Fallen, uh, Roberto Orsi, who is one of the writers on Transformers 2, as well as the upcoming J.J. Abrams Star Trek, <coughs> says that Leonard Nimoy... May voice the fallen. Oh my! I find that highly logical. You find that highly logical, and because you said he had a history with Transformers, didn't you? Yeah, I thought he was one of the voices in the movie, wasn't he? I think you're movie? thinking of Orson Welles or something. I know Orson Welles was in it, but I thought oh, it was Unicron. I thought even I know too. that. I think you're right, though. I think uh, in maybe the movie. Yeah. I yeah, don't I, remember I think the movie. Is Do IMDb on uh, Leonard yeah. Nimoy? Okay, luckily Rick has his little laptop there. Go ahead, Swordfish. Uh, I'm going to say that's not really a hard-to-believe rumor because, you know, Transformers is a it's a fanboy flick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, why wouldn't it? And the only reason I can see unless Leonard Nimoy is beholden to some Paramount thing, but is Transformers Paramount or Fox? Yes, it's Paramount. Oh, well, isn't Star Trek Paramount? Yeah. So why well, would we, They don't work on the studio system anymore. You can't. I know, but I thought that was kind of the... I mean, you know, Leonard Nimoy. They can cross over because, you know, the other big rumor this week, and I forgot to write it down, but that uh, Warner Brothers is looking to Chris Pine to be Hal Jordan. 
Uh, yeah. Didn't we talk about that last week or no? Did we talk about that last week? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Rick, do you I remember? I don't believe so. Okay, well, there we go. I don't know if that... I mean, that would be cool. I think that'd actually be a really good casting, but if the guy just signed up for the Star Trek franchise, he's not going to hop on the Green Lantern franchise. But well, Why not? Then again, Bale just did it with Batman and Terminator, and Terminator so, so why not? Yep, maybe. Nimoy was Galvatron. Okay. Ah, that's okay, right. so he's got a history. He's coming back home. Yep. Awesome. Rumor has it that, uh, well, we do know that, they, that Sam Raimi is working on the script for Spider-Man 4. Uh, apparently posted in like some Australian uh, movie theater chain's website about upcoming films, a plot description of Spider-Man 4 that identified two villains. And yet, here's where, where you go, why would this be appearing on an Australian movie theater chain's website and nowhere else? Maybe uh, they were shooting in that the That the villains are Carnage and Electro. I could possibly believe. Okay, so they could tie Carnage into the whole dead venom, dead venom thing, and Electro is Electro uh, is obviously a great Spider-Man villain that has and would be a yet. visually dynamic one, yeah. and was originally in the James Cameron uh, script uh, way back sure. when, uh, which was although Carnage sucked. I mean, everybody claims that Venom sucked. Like, oh, why they put Venom in the movie? He sucks. Well, if that's the case, don't Carnage, Carnage was worse. Double sucks. Yeah, he was terrible. Double, double. Well, Carnage, sucks. Carnage was like, okay, uh, let's do Venom. What do we do? Oh, let's make him red, right? Because exactly. he's a that's he's just a killing maniac. And more psychotic. Well, they and they had to create Carnage because they had made, made Venom, Venom a hero. kind of a hero. So they the had to time. have a villainous version at the time, and who knows? Can I just offer a little writing help for Sam Raimi on <laughs> Spider-Man Four? Oh, sure, because you know he listens. Well, no, because I figure um, he's you know maybe save him some time on writing the script, and all his scripts have had the same plot devices. So, uh, Sam, if you're listening, don't forget to include a touching moment between Peter and Aunt May, and how they reflect on things, and then also uh, include a scene where Peter doubts himself and uh, questions the choice he made. Uh, and thinks and a back musical to Uncle number. Ben. Please don't forget and a, a musical, musical number. number, right? So, what, what song? What what really lame song from the sixties or seventies? Did yeah, we have? They did. Raindrops are dancing Rain, on my head. Keep falling on my head. And then staying alive. Mm-hmm. I think on this one we're going to get "I'm Too Sexy." Maybe. Oh, maybe he's going to move through it forward the decades. I I would like to. Uh, let me throw out now. Uh, perhaps seasons in the sun. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, really bad '70s song, or perhaps, perhaps uh, Age of Aquarius, maybe. Ah, uh, no, no. Too how, about, uh, how, how about how uh, about uh, Afternoon Delight? Uh, Peter <laughs> will do it. If Gwen we'll Stacy's back in it, maybe. Okay, I'm for it. There we go. Okay, uh, one that's not a rumor, but this is this is actually through. But we haven't talked about this movie because and it's, they could actually have skyrockets yeah, in the movie because it's not an American uh, comic book character; it's an Italian comic book character, Dylan Dog. There's a film adaptation coming called Dead of Night. And uh, it's starring Brandon Routh. So Brandon Routh, who I think was unfairly treated as a result of Superman Returns. A little bit of a backlash. A little bit of a backlash. Has this you change. think it was unfair? I think so. I, think I Brad- don't blame Routh. I blame I uh, yeah, I think the direct probably, singer. Okay. That was, that was plot. He was forced to do essentially a Christopher Reeve impersonation. And to be fair, I mean, he was cast because he had somewhat of a resemblance. And... Um, but I think he's proven himself after seeing actually Zach and Miri make a porno. He's he's a charming guy. He's a charming actor. He's got some. He, he's I liked him. I liked him. I I liked him when, um, I liked him when he did the surprise appearance on WonderCon a couple of years ago promoting it. Yeah, yeah. And I was just sitting there going, "This is a, this is a guy 
who's ready, who's ready to step up. He's got a good leading man looks. He was a big dude. You could see him going places. And he seems like a really nice guy. And he seems like I mean, a really genuine guy. Yeah. And then he just happened, his first big movie happened to be in The Turd. You know what I mean? Super Turd. So uh, so Dead of Night is... Uh, is, <laughs> is that a trademark? It's starting to shoot. Ding! It is an adaptation of this Italian horror comic called Dylan Dog. And Brennan Routh plays Dylan Dog, who's a supernatural detective. Or a, a detective of Kinda the like supernatural. Kind of like a Constantine. Kind of like a Constantine. Well, let's say Constantine would be the Keanu Reeves. Constantine uh, the, would be the British version as far as Alan Moore is concerned. Constantine. Constantine. Uh, and they just uh, cast Tay Diggs as his the vampire overlord who he's going to face off against. Well, that could be exciting. So okay. Tay Diggs is a very charismatic actor. Yeah. This could be really interesting. I don't know anything about the plot beyond that, but it's kind of, huh, a little bit of interesting casting. This might be something kind of fun. Okay. Fun genre exercise. I wonder. Now, you said they're already shooting it. They're starting to. They're in I wonder if right we're going to see anything by Comic Con time. You this think? is interesting because they've, I've been hearing from other other well podcasts really that you're cheating on us. There aren't a lot of you're listening shame. to other podcasts. To other podcasts I steal their ideas. Um, well, don't say that. Sh- Gives us no credibility. No, I mean, we have our own ideas. We have credibility. Yes. They're editing ideas. Okay. okay. Oh. Oh. Sure. Don't um, include that. But that uh, I've been hearing that there aren't a lot of movies being made right now. That the uh, that the economy is having its effect on. They're kind of pulling back, and yet certainly a lot of rumors still We're keep happening. A lot of lot of potential. Uh, let's say this one because now Lon just made a note of this and picked up on it, and I meant and to write it down. And that's something that meant nothing to me, me but, but I was it, hoping it meant something be, to it you. It means okay. something totally to me. Are you ready for this? Yes. Tom Hanks. I've heard of him. You've heard of him playing an astronaut. I know what those are. Uh huh. Wait a minute, Tom. Didn't Hanks he already do that? Sh- no, no, he, he produced. Did. Oh, he was in Apollo, Apollo 13. thirteen. Oh, he was, in and Apollo. he produced from Earth to the Moon. But yeah. this is a fictional astronaut. Oh, I got it. Buzz Lightyear. Are you oh, ready? Oh, I'm gonna guess. Take a guess. Um, uh, Dan Dare. No, an American. An American fictional oh, astronaut. astronaut. Keep thinking. Not bu- uh, Not Buzz Aldrin. Who not- had an alien friend. With a big bulbous green Major head. Matt Mason. Tom Hanks is in talks to play Major Matt Mason. Wow. Over my head. Which means totally we're going to get a revival of Major Matt Mason toys. Please wow. explain to me. You know, what's got to happen to this movie is Tom has to blow a joint out in one of his arms so it has to stick straight out. Stick. <laughs> yeah, that has to happen during the movie. Major now, Matt please, Mason it, educate the, the okay. younger generations. Okay, Major Matt Because I see the excitement you guys have. Okay. I, I don't know if it's exciting or not, except I'm actually, if you, go to my face, <laughs> if you go to my Facebook page, I'm a member of the Major Matt Mason Facebook page fan. Ooh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So Major, they already have a Facebook page. Major Matt yeah. Mason, well, because the, it's, a, it's a good nostalgic toy. When mm. the, Terrific. When, the, uh, when NASA was really up and running and the Apollo stuff was going, um, Major Matt Mason is a Mattel toy line where they are um, they are wire figures, wire armatures. Were they rubber? Like rubber outside. So yeah. wire on the inside, rubber. But better than the usual bendy stuff. I think Rick just put, pulled up a picture, and I had that. I have that carrying case somewhere. Um, and so it was all like at the first line, the first release of them were sort of like legitimately kind of scientifically designed ideas for well, the what- first the first ever thing they came out with was major matt mason and his jet pack and the jet pack was something that you could strap on his back and it had a string and it had a string it, on the so top you could- he'd hook the string on it if you pulled the bottom string he would actually it would actually run it would up the string it, would it was line up, yeah. absolutely a fabulous toy 
And you could actually use that jet, jet pack with another – he had a jet sled. I have a You jet put sled. the jet pack down on the sled and move it and it would run along the lunar surface. Can yes. I ask a question? What came first, Matt Mason or the rubbery-based Evil Knievel? Matt Mason. Oh, okay. Yeah. By at least eight years. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Um, so uh, and, then, and then they added the they crawler. Added, a, they added vehicles. They added other friends, like different colors. The space station, red, but and they were you, always that rubbery. Yeah, with there was wire. Sergeant, uh, Sergeant, no Steve plastic or with moving yeah. parts or anything. No. Oh, interesting. They bent, and, uh, and and so it's hard to find one in mint because they bent and the rubber flaked off and stuff. But they were really fun little figures, and then they added aliens. Oddly Callisto. enough, have a very very high um, <laughs> volume in eBay sales these days. Really? Yeah, well, you, there must be a huge that stuff up. popularity coming out. And not, you know, yeah, when I was in uh, college, I picked, a, I picked up a, a whole mess of them in a bag at a, at a flea market. And I was just like, I was so thrilled that I'd found them because I, I, as a little kid, I only had, I had Major Matt Mason, I had Callisto, and Callisto had this little air gun. You could, like, had a little pump and it would send out, like, a little laser that was a, a thread. So a red thread. I have that like too. And it, long after I lost the toy, I still had the little uh, plunger. Uh-huh. And and, uh, and then, as far as I know, as far as like you know, there were I think there were jigsaw puzzles and stuff. And I have a big little book. There was a there was yes. a, a Major Matt Mason Moon Mission big little book, art right. by Dan Spiegel, the <laughs> great gold key artist. And uh, so, but you kids a, can look on your interwebs and find yeah, all this stuff. But, but tell me, but tell me though. How? The, what do you? Th- okay, so they're bringing back the character. I have no clue because there's really no great plot line. I or hope anything they just like do that. like. Yeah, a, was there a storyline based around these really. toys? There were little stories because, like, you like knew on the which, back of a toy package. You knew the you knew the aliens that were friendly. You knew the aliens that weren't friendly. Yeah. And there was actually <laughs> a, a 12 inch figure made out of hard plastic. Yeah, he was this attorney. The, las- the laser. Um, yeah, he he laser powered thing. Something he had like laser that. eyes and yeah. a laser pistol. That oh, could, I coveted that guy. My brother had that one. Uh. Yeah, and he had little strap on. He had actually he had little strap on uh, <laughs> feet things that were a lot like what Orion, not Orion. Um, oh, they were they were meant to be hover hover shoes. Mister Miracle that he would wear, like Mister Miracle's uh, discs. Yeah. Um, before Mr. Miracle. Yeah, and I'm trying to think. I Where guess, did these aliens come from? Did they ever say what planet? Uh, yeah. He was from Saturn. Yeah, the giant one was from Saturn. Yeah, and then... Callisto, uh, oh. I think, was Martian. was supposed to be a Martian. And I'm was Matt sure. Mason like a NASA guy? Yeah, like, yes. So yeah. Yes. Were they like, were the toys actual NASA reproductions? Originally, or they, originally they were the designs that NASA had been like considering if they had the technology. Interesting. Yeah. So, I, I so think if they the got Russians away from that. ordered some Matt Mason toys, they could get our technology? Yes, exactly. That's <laughs> what happened. That's how they caught up. Um, hopefully, you know what would be awesome about this movie? I don't know. You know, the Russian cosmonauts actually have wires running through them. Ooh, this yeah. would be an awesome movie if they took all the toy technology mm-hmm. and used that oh, yeah. in the movie. If oh, they yeah. had the jet pack, if they had the sled, if they had, you know, and, and the same aliens. I mean, I'm going to be fair, Lon. This is like G.I. Joe. It could totally suck. Don't but you get still me wrong. Love it. But I, no, I don't know. It's, it, it's, <laughs> but it did strike a chord to me in the weird way that, like, when they announced Speed Racer. Which I did end up loving. Well, this is going to be animated, right? It's not a live action. That's he's. I don't know. I, I heard he's he's to be the voice. Well, if they do it, the if they do it animated, and you do a CG thing, and, and cool. it looked like the toys just going across the lunar surface. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> the crawler was like four. It was like four. Uh, by the way, on I didn't circle. even mean to sound like that. I just immediately when you said <laughs> just immediately happened. went right. There. I just imagined them being moving. Ah, uh, good. <laughs> 
<laughs> Derek needs very a cool. Derek needs some sleep, is what Derek mm, okay. needs, but and food. But uh, so we all agree, Geek Fest on Major Matt. It Mason. could be a total Geek Fest. I'm 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 for it. Um, you want to go video game or TV first? Because I did my homework last week. Let's go video game. Video game. You know, last week, Lawn Challenges, he'd heard rumors of a Marvel Comics um, uh, MMORPG. Okay. Which we knew had been kind of – Marvel has worked with some, with companies. We keep on reporting this story. We're, Microsoft had canceled it. They were doing it with Microsoft at one point. Right. Here's what it is now. It's Superhero Squad, which means the little deformed characters – so they want to hook the little kids in, like with um, Club Penguin or with the. Uh, well, didn't we game? say this last week that they've got a couple of things planned, and the first one's going to be the, the first one's the soup. We didn't know that last week. Okay. You now know. You probably did the same thing I did. You went home and you saw it on a website. And went oh, like okay. it's that same night, um, and and that's where they're going to start those with the superhero squadron, and and then they, and then after they've got the kids hooked, then they're going to have an older. Kids version that you know, I'm, the adult I'm not in. thinking that's the greatest strategy because unless this is going to be very different, most of these MMORGP XYZs. They're played by adults. Uh, no, no. They're very expensive. Oh, they're like yeah, $15 a month to play, and that's a lot for a little kid. Yeah, you know don't what, you though, buy no, power-ups and uh, stuff Here's too? what I'm going to say. It's quite possible that what they're going to do with the kids version is, Just again, the Club Penguin or Gateway the, or, or the Webkins mode, which is – you might buy an action figure and you give you a code credit. and allows you to play for like a year. Uh-huh. Then you could register another character and and that keeps your account alive yeah, okay. from that point. And so if you get something tangible that goes with that, you don't have to do a lot to satisfy the younger kids, you know, up to like ten. And then the then there are the kids that are that have graduated to an older kind of video game. And then because okay. I, I would call that more of a virtual environment. Not necessarily an MMORPG, but who who knows? We'll see. We know that there's an animated series coming to get there. We know that those those little figures are totally popular. Um, yeah, know, but I, I wouldn't play a video game with those things. I mean, no, no, no. But you would, you wouldn't. But my son would. Sure. Yeah. And but I mean, when I when I first heard Marvel MMO, you know, yeah. like to compete with DC Universe, which is getting a lot of hype, you would think Marvel would want to put out a similar game to compete. But again, and I, I, don't know. I gotta say, my problem with both both a Marvel game and a DC game is that I can't, I don't want to play, create my own character I in the DC universe. Play. I want to be, I want to play a Superman. You know, I mean, that's right. why I like yeah. as, as much as you know, not a like Goodson did. But do you like want to play Justice Superman with another fifty Superman flying? Right no, next I don't. To but then, but then I say, if it's more of a virtual environment kind of thing, this yeah. is what happens with the uh, with the Webkins is. You'll have fifty platypuses. Yeah, but they're well, all. This is why I'm much more excited. I, 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 but they don't fight. If if they do the Marvel one, it's got to be like there's Marvel adventures and Marvel uh, Marvel villains and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. Or, or DC, either way, either way it works this way. But I, you need to be able to create your own characters. I mm-hmm. mean, you need to. You really, well, that's how the DC one's got to work. But but like I say, I I I would just assume buy a cartridge. Or a disc or whatever, and play on a platform, Justice League Heroes, or even Marvel. A Little cartridge. Alliance. I know that was well, a little the cartridges very old for the DS. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Good. Thanks for saving me. Uh, or Ultimate Alliance. I'm looking forward to Ultimate Alliance too. You know? That'll be and, fun. When's that come out? Do we have a date on that? Uh, a street know. date on that? I don't know. Uh-huh. But I know it's coming, and I know that's going to be great. And I'd love to see another Justice League game. I had fun with those. Have you played uh, Mortal Kombat uh, DC? I I don't have a platform that plays them. Okay, I'm gonna get a platform, and we're gonna have Geek Game Night. One okay, night. you're gonna get a platform? I think so. Ah, okay. 
Get well, yourself a platform. Maybe just a cheap Xbox. You know, the cheap. Although I hear Rick, what do you hear about the new uh, error message? That's like the new Red Ring of Death. Have you heard about that? No. It's like Error seventy four or something like on the Xbox. Yeah, there's like I've been reading a couple reports. I haven't like read Wait, the whole thing. Wait, isn't that the isn't that the one that shuts down the clone troopers? No, that's yeah, Route sixty six. That's, uh, that's uh, uh, order, order number order sixty six. Yeah. Right, but you haven't heard about this? No. You're a Microsoft guy. Come on, how you not heard? Yeah. Uh, apparently, we don't maybe it's a lie. Here. Oh, sorry, Rick. The might cake be. is a lie. Oh, sorry, I didn't know. Cake. Anyways, um, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see what we'll Marvel see. can do. Well, let's go to TV then. And let's. Rick, Rick, well, I, you know, we should have segued from Major Matt Mason to Rick's what? Oh, I'm over here bra- browsing through Major Matt Mason stuff. So <laughs> we've lost Rick. No, it's like we've I'm lost totally Rick. geeking out. This we've is one lost of my favorite, Rick. Favorite toys of all time. Let's go to this. You just got this DVD. I didn't even know it's coming out. Called Star Lost. The Star Lost. So I vaguely was... remember this being syndicated by the time they tried to syndicate Doctor Who in America. Yeah, really. And seventy three or something. Remember what, what they did with Doctor Who during that period? It was like every day they do one one half hour episode. I don't remember Doctor Through Who the being week. shown on Saturday nights. On, on, uh, oh, well, they actually okay. tried to syndicate it in the late 60s. They were actually trying to <laughs> oh, try to hook it old. into like being Batman and stuff. I'm not that old. Yeah, this was uh, the John Pertwee episodes. Started with the Silurians. Uh, which was the 70s. Uh, yeah, Pertwee didn't come in okay. until 72. All right, all right. So it wasn't – yeah, okay, That's that makes sense. Um, anyway. Battle of the Zorlaks. Who is the master of Zorlak Town? You are. Thank okay. you. And I'm proud of that. And I'm standing on Adam's back. So, uh, the Star Lost. Mm-hmm. I just picked. I just got this from Amazon. I think it just may have just kind of. Maybe I pre-ordered this thing. Um, it's a four-disc DVD set. Go on the complete series of the Star Lost uh, TV show from 1974. And in this was reasonably. I mean, it's probably. Uh, let's see. Six years after Star Trek went off the air, there hadn't. So it was uh, Star Trek 66, 67 to sixty nine. Sixty nine. Okay, so uh, well, it's still know. reasonably five years. So whatever. Yeah. yeah. So and and it was probably the for my recollection the first serious science fiction story, show to come after Afterward. Star okay. Trek. Um, this starred Care Delay, who in 2001. was in two thousand one, and it was uh, produced by um, Doug Trimble. Ah, who who was uh, Doug Trumbull? Yeah, Trumbull. Uh, Trumbull. At Trumbull that time, fuck. I think this follows his work in Silent Running. Right. Uh, Didn't Trumbull work on two thousand one as well? I think he may have. Yeah. And somebody's in two thousand one. So care delay. Oh right. So we'll be in there. The the basis of this, and this is, uh, this is an interesting story because. A very interesting way to set up a science fiction show. One of the problems with a science fiction show is you have to explain the technology to the watching audience, whereas the people in the show are experiencing the technology, and typically it's it's something they're Second used to. Today. So you don't say, I'm going to turn on my TV. I'm reaching for the power control, and now I'm turning up the volume control because everyone knows that stuff. So you don't say it when you extrapolate that into the future. Harlan Ellison was the guy who came up for the premise and wrote the first episodes of this. And But you won't see his name on the show. The show is actually credited as being created by and the first episode written by 
Cordwainer Bird. Ah, yes, Cordwainer Bird. Which is Ellison's pseudonym for shows that he's decided to take his association away from. Ah, kind of like, what's a Harry Schmeigel? No, uh... Alan Smithy. Alan Smithy. Alan Thank Smithy you. is, is um, who is like that? Like a pseudonym. Yeah. And it's a pseudonym for directors. If you're a film director and you don't right. like what you've done, then you right. are Alan Smithy. So um, apparently, and and Ellison actually took the story for this and wrote a, a paperback book called Phoenix Without Ashes, which is, if you can find it, very good book. Um, and then there was another book. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, I should have done my homework. There was a, another science fiction book. That um, I can't look it up on the internet while I'm talking. <laughs> so there was another science fiction book that was actually this, uh, a science fiction version of the story of the Star Lost production. Anyway, uh, basically what happened was in syndicating the story, everything got uh, basically rewritten, dumbed down a lot from Ellison's original uh, premise. And they, the, the show had uh, money problems, so a lot of the special effects got uh, cheapened and stuff. But if you – if you watch this, there's a there's a pitch where Care Delay and Doug Trimble are, are basically it's it's terrific to see because they're dressed out totally 70s style business suits, um, sitting down and and doing the pitch video that would be going out to investors to say here's why you should invest in this movie in this TV series because they talk about it. Um, I'd never seen it before this this video. Actually, if you go to Amazon, they've got a clip clip of it on Amazon that you can watch as well, but. The premise of this is that Earth is dead, uh, long dead, 800 years dead. And before it died, there was a, a, a group of and the, uh, scientists and humanitarians or something. They, 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 they totally write politicians out of, the, out of the premise of how they built the ark. Well, it's the only way we're going to survive. Yeah. Go ahead. So um, there are all these domes and they're just like the domes from Silent Running. Where, like biodomes? Yeah, everyone's a, everyone is a separate community. <laughs> a group of scientists and Polly Shore. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you have these, these separate communities that were launched on this huge and, – and they don't say how many there are. The, the idea is there are so many that you can go through a couple of seasons worth of stories and not repeat any of them. Um, there is technology in the ship to uh, these bounce tubes that move you around really fast, kind of like reinventing. Futurama. Well, kind of like a re- yeah, like Futurama exactly, um, without the kind of twisty parts. <laughs> um, but there are basically a lot of shows around this time were trying to reinvent tra- uh, transporters without actually doing dematerialization. Uh, mm-hmm. The Gene Roddenberry Earth Two did it with a with a BART system and Genesis Two. Genesis Two, that's right, and Earth Two. There were two. Two separate ones they did. Earth two was a it was a Saturday morning one, I think. No, Earth two was Arc a, two. Arc two. It's Maddie. Genesis two and Arc two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Earth two was a separate NBC yeah. series. Yeah. Yep. Two was being reproduced. I think. So the the great thing about this is the main characters come out of an agrarian dome. Oh yeah. They course. don't have a lot. They don't know what the technology is. They're exploring this as uninformed. Explorers, so they have to encounter the technology and figure out how it works, and which puts them on basically the same level as the audience. As the audience, which was a great, great move. And then, of course, moving every week, they can go to a different dome and have an encounter with a different culture because there was an accident uh, a couple hundred years into the mission that destroyed the bridge. <coughs> so the ship is running on automatic. There's this information system that is very cleverly uh, cleverly done with a, a big head uh, asking, do you want information? 
that they can interrogate, but it only gives you so much information before it runs out of Sounds like a wicked space. awesome video game. Um, and so uh, so I just love this series. I'm I have watched like the first disc so far and I'm I'm really kind of cool. uh, flashing on all the joy it gave me when I was catching it originally in pre video. Don't we live at a great time to where all these old series that you guys used to watch as kids and stuff, you can now catch the whole thing on two DVDs or whatever. Like, yeah, especially since I know that I did not see probably half of the shows. Mm. So it's like kind of recapturing your Because it was before yeah. video. Hey, VCRs, yeah. yeah. So Speaking of this, because there's only really one movie that, that, that fits into this, but Warner Brothers just, now, just announced this great initiative that – if for 1995, for the movies in their archives that you that they don't think they can sell enough of to make it worth an individual release, you can go online, look through their archive of it's like 150 movies they put so far, and make yourself you can a order. mixtape for 20 bucks. You can get that movie pressed on a DVD, packaged by Warner Brothers, and sent to you directly. The wow. only one I found that fits us. Are you ready? I'm ready. Doc Savage. Oh. Okay, so I, I was like, we could we could have the Doc Savage. See, you shouldn't have told Rick. You should have just ordered I it. I, I have surprised. Just, I, I actually have it on VHS. I, think. I have it on VHS too. But to get it on a letterbox, um, yeah, a letterbox DVD yeah, would, that would be, cool. be worth twenty bucks, and to have it yeah. in a nice package. So I, you know, I mean, you won't get any extras. You know, the most exciting part of that movie is the last five minutes where they're running around in New York again, and it tells and promising there's going to be another one. It sets one. up the second movie, The Arch Enemy of Evil, which yeah. um, which uh, Philip Jose Farmer did write a screenplay for, which I would love to see, and it hasn't sh- it hasn't surfaced out of his papers yet. Yep. But, uh, but apparently, there was a script for that so for that second film, and they went to the right guy to write it. So yeah. um, good times. Good times. You don't know. You we lost you at Warner Brothers, didn't we? No, actually, I saw that report. I just I saw all the movies and none of them. I was like, I don't know this movie. I don't know that movie. Yeah, I don't it's know. a lot. Of, it's a, I, I recognized a lot of the titles, <laughs> but they were titles like they like you know, the women's pictures, so called you know melodramas yeah. and stuff like that. A couple war movies that. But I, I do think that's a cool idea. It's like, yeah, we want we want that stuff. You know what I mean? So especially if you're the people. I mean, like us. It's like I know you talk about like Xbox has the Netflix coming through, and a lot of the talk of video on demand. But just for me, I like having the solid package because then I one I can remember that I want to watch it. Yeah. Or you can loan it to a friend and loan it to a friend. Exactly. It's, yeah. You can't do that if it's video. Oh, you should do that. I no, will no, totally no. loan this. Star Lost DVD set to you when I'm. You done are going watching. to be doing that. I was yes. going to say that, but, but luckily, and I like that you only watch the disc because then I have a couple of months to catch up on everything else in my life. <laughs> and then go, you. I could devote a week to watching the Star Lost. Awesome. There you go. Okay. What's next? Uh, okay, yeah, let me go to one more DVD because I know I'm going to check out on the last two things we're going to talk about. Is I, I watched the first episode of the Zeta Project, which I talked about last week. Definitely. A different feel than Batman Beyond. Okay. And I got to say, uh, I was not as all that impressed with the Zeta Project. I hadn't friendly. watched it. It was a little more kid friendly, but in a Who's weird in way. in the Zeta Project? Uh, any characters we recognize? You know, it, it, was, it was spun off of Batman Beyond, and the smart thing on the packaging is it includes the two episodes of Batman Beyond that uh-huh. Zeta did appear on. He's an android who's designed for killing. It's kind of like like what later became the you know Brad Bird, uh, yeah, Brad Bird's uh, the Iron Giant. That Zeta is designed to kill, 
and he questions his program when he, he's going to be an assassin droid. Batman convinces him not to kill. It's like Scud, the disposable assassin. I, I get, no, 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 because Scud was Scud realized that if, that if he were to actually complete his mission, he'd be he'd de-killed, uh, deactivated. But this is that, that he realizes if he that if it's if he's been a program to kill someone who really doesn't deserve to die, then he shouldn't obey his programming at all. And so the government wants to decommission him, so he goes on the run. He has um, camouflage powers, so he most often becomes this really handsome young, young like early twenties guy in a really cool jacket. And it's kind of weird. Diedrich Bader voices him, and it's just everything about the show just feels like it's a good idea. The sh- this the episodes yeah, it's are kind okay, of hard to, to press a just killer android off. for kids. Yeah, and that's and it, but a killer android who refuses to be a killer android. I, I get that, yeah. but that worked in the Iron Giant. Absolutely, very moving in that film. But as a weekly, uh, you know, or as a half hour, where I think the difference was with the Iron Giant, it wasn't revealed until late in the story, yeah. so you'd already grown to, yeah, like him possibly. And the and the other thing is that you know it's also it was a spinoff forced upon by uh, by Warner Brothers for you know for Batman Beyond because Batman Beyond became a series that wasn't what. They were hoping, which was a lot of toys, became an actually really good sci-fi dystopia thing with Terry McGinnis in the midst of it. So they're trying to make something more kid-friendly and then it was something a little more bland. So it's watchable. It's kind of fun. But it's not like if you were a fan of Batman Beyond, you probably didn't follow it over to the Zeta Project. And there's a reason for it. It just doesn't have that magic because it doesn't have Bruce Tim. It doesn't have his team. And and I got to say, because the Wonder Woman DVD proves Bruce Tim is absolutely fantastic at yeah. picking proteges, knowing who's going to carry it through. Lauren Montgomery, I can't say enough. I've met her a couple of times at conventions, and her action skills on Wonder Woman. I mean, it's funny because in Superman Doomsday, her job was to direct the sex segments of the romance because she was the woman director. Uh-huh. But you can't. Wonder Woman's action is so kick ass. You know, and, and that's it. And James Tucker, the guy doing uh, now doing um, uh, Brave and the Bold, he was a, a Bruce Tim protege. So the the series that really have the superhero things that really sparkle. Since you brought it up, I, mean, I want to make one more follow on to that Wonder Woman thing. Yeah, what a great story! How much they got into it as far as the origin and mm-hmm. getting around. And Gail and, Simone wrote the original story, and all the recent all the recent uh, Wonder Woman stories that they kind of packed in there. In an hour. Or an hour and a half. Or 78 minutes or so. so. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, have you ever... Really short. Have you ever went on a long trip with a woman? They pack a lot of stuff okay. in their luggage. <laughs> and, uh, Once again, hey, if that, you think that he sounds like someone you want to go out with, editor at fanboyplanet.com. Say, dear long. Just drop by. Just mm. drop, Or just stop by elusive. Yeah. You can admire him from afar. Or up close. That's, uh, that's the best way run, to admire him. <laughs> yeah. Give yourself distance because he, you know... It's like a rhino. He's clingy. He can charge for about eight seconds, and then the asthma hits him. <laughs> but uh, okay, well, rhinos actually just forget that they're charging you. But anyway, right. uh, so let's go to. I'm easily distracted by the color red. There you go. All right, that's bulls. I, that was my right. name in college. That's okay. bull. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so Battlestar Galactica ended. You guys want to talk about it while I wander? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have much to say on it. I don't think. Well, now we've gone. You've gone off. What do you it. think? Well, I actually there was a guy in the store earlier today that I I talked to. I don't want to know about minutes. that, Rick. I want to know about how you think. With and no. and and uh, so I've I've kind of like warmed up for this a little bit. There was a, there's when you've got a show like that, 
and you're wrapping up so many storylines in two hours. In basically in two hours, and the amount of stuff they left for the end, um, they did an amazing job. I I think that uh, it was it was a an ending that you can ponder for a while, and I think it left enough stuff for people to think about without being and having somebody you know somebody basically hand feeding you what happened why why everything happened and what happened sure but then at the end they hand feed you a message and then i i mean here's the thing i as a fan of the show liked it i was happy when it was over but there were certain parts that had me kind of going what come on like what um well the whole premise of that there's angels you know what I mean? Like angels in our midst. They've been doing that all the way through. They just didn't. Call yes, them. but that's the thing. It's kind of like they've been they've been they've been saying this has all been about religion and faith. Yeah, I know, but most of the most of the the heart and the core of the show has all been about a mil. It's been a military show, yeah. a sci-fi show, and, and then I don't to, think but they, again, I don't think but then to heavily rely on. But Lon, let me let me th- again as someone who is still watching. Well. Will someday be continuing watching episode uh, season one? Uh, that you got to remember the original, the original Battlestar Galactica is is all allegory for the Book of Mormon. In which case, so you know, it, it was conceived originally as, a, 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 and though the original series didn't really live up to this at all, but it was originally conceived as a, as a, as a religious. As an exploration yeah. of the producer Glenny Larson's oh, you faith, got Adama, mm-hmm. Adam, yeah, and Commander you, Kane, yeah, the crazy one who's responsible for the you know for the murders, yeah. basically. No, yeah. I accept all that. I do, but then when you have and, and this Col- is Cobol, and this is a spoiler Cobol. alert. So this is a spoiler, just so we can talk about the end. Um, if you haven't seen it right, and by now you're not a fan, right? So. Exactly. Yeah. So it won't matter. But I, I think the resolution with Starbuck was kind of weak. Um, it made it made sense to me. Really, when more he, than anything that if when, they had said when he that turns she was around like and she quantum disappeared. universe Starbuck, she was an angel made flesh, and then she's gone. She was basically the same thing as Head Baltar and Head Six. Only everybody can see. But her. here's the thing: Head Baltar has Head Baltar ever been introduced before this episode? Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. Appearing to Caprica? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. Even that. I know that. Okay. Yeah. And that's just from reading spoilers. They've been talking about that. For that was weeks. like one of the wicked twists that they threw at us earlier. That she had a Baltar in her head. It's like. Oh, see, I okay. must have missed that because I was sitting there going, "What? There's a head Baltar too?" Like. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, you you never quite understood. Uh, to me, part of the the allure was you never quite understood who. These people were in their head. Was this an illusion? Was this him making it up? Whatever. Right. So they. So the fact to actually put a title on it kind of made me go, ah, oh, that, that. It just. But would didn't you have been satisfied well. if they'd never explained it? Maybe because then it it, it leaves a little more ambiguous. So you're kind of like, well, was he acting because of the, you know, the something that was going on in his head? Was it a delusion? Was it or was it a part of his character that? But yeah. to just to flat out and go, no, it was an angel in his head guiding him. I think what you have to look at in a I don't know, series that was like just this kind of is iffy to me. Did it take you where you wanted to go? I mean, you're gonna. It's been it's been how many years? What is it? Five. Four. Five. Well, this four, is the fourth season. Five, right. five, yeah. So we've been living with the storyline for five years. Four. Or five I enjoyed years. the happy ending. I enjoyed the resolution. I, I mean, there were just parts where. <laughs> 
don't use my comedy against me. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? But there were kind of issues I just felt that wrapped up a little weird. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know. I just, I don't know how I felt about Starbucks being an angel you know what i mean like that's okay just- you keep coming back to starbuck being an angel <laughs> let's talk about some other stuff though okay the the second of the last episode the the i mean no i guess it was the last episode where uh galactica versus the battle the Star, colony the, 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 the that whole thing about the damaged wreckage of the galactica going in there and crashing in and, you know, oh that yeah, was I'm fun go back oh, that was just series. amazing Star- stuff that, now that you say that it even just clicks in my head again that was essentially Starbucks' fate on the original series too. Yeah, that he became an angel. He became an angel. Yeah, he was ascended. He made it with an angel. That's how they got Doctor Z and or was it Doctor Z? Um, the Robbie Wrist character that's yeah. all in Galactica. I, see, I, I don't know enough that about was Galactica, but I'm yeah. saying, and that's the he to me now again. I was only in the first. I you know again, I was only watching the first. I've watched the first seven episodes, but what I think is really funny about all you guys talking about Battlestar Galactica and how much better and more mature this is is I go. But I can see exactly sure where, like the same one. where they picked up the same. They picked up episodes from the first version of it and just kind of twisted it and made it fit. Their I never problem because they did it so much better than the original one. I'll so agree with that. But but, but the but the when I want to say you guys, it shouldn't be you. Yeah, the critics that are going like, yeah, this is not, and even Edward James almost, this is not anything. It's like, are you kidding? I'm totally seeing all the same things. Yeah. I'm completely seeing that you're picking up these. Well, ideas. I don't think they they haven't been talking about that kind of stuff since the first season. Yeah, but it, it but hasn't it hasn't been really been compared well, to the original series. Well, you since can't the first season. because the original series only got one season, right? Well, they did a second. Well, kind of we thing. don't like to talk about Galactica 1980, okay? Except for that episode with Starbuck, where he said, and that's clearly right. That's, they've gone back to that idea. Yeah. So, which was what he mated with an angel? I didn't yeah, he was know. crashed on a planet. He he um, uh, saved a, a Cylon, so he proved that Cylons and humans could work together, and this angel. This woman, he found, they found this woman, and he saved her, and she judged him good. He was uh, like ascended into heaven, basically, and uh, and she, and they had a child, and that child was now. Oh, was the super smart baby or something? Super smart baby. The, the yeah. super, oh, I kind of remember that now. And they had actually established a devil early in the series. Mm-hmm. How uh, weird! Which was um, uh, Patrick McNee. Yeah. Uh, I Lucifer. don't know. See, was it I guess Lucifer or both. They, no, uh, no. Now, no, no. It was it was an actual devil character that that uh, they ran yeah. into on a planet. I, See, I don't even re- I don't remember. That. It wasn't a Cylon. So you know, yeah. I, and here's the thing: I acknowledge that it's been around for so long uh, in the plots because, of course, Baltar would, was preaching for so long about the gods and one god and everything else. And so I guess as a fan, I was hoping. And, and the thing was, I liked it for the military aspect. I liked it for the real grit, humanity story of it. I think it's broad enough you can you can no, do that. I, and I, and I, but I, but here's the thing: I'm just saying there were parts of the story I enjoyed more, and just chose to follow those. And, you and still- so then, so at the end, like I said, the resolution was great. I thought it was awesome. They, you know, wrapped. It, but there were just parts where I was kind of like, I just felt like maybe there could have been. But I think a more plausible explanation than just she's an angel and she can disappear now. Woo! Well, I think you're stuck on that, but I think it's awesome. And I've read a description of the end, so I know you know that they just went ahead and took that kind of stand, sure, and it made that concrete as that's the solution. And but yet, it's close to finalities you could you with want. that with that discussion. I guess where they say something about you know what's God going to think about this? Or you know he doesn't like being he doesn't called like that. Called that, yeah. Like 
you know, that you are you still have room for interpretation. You can say this this but, is some kind of other dimensional alien me, who influences me, humanity or whatever. A science fiction show or any show without it being treacly, like not a highway to heaven kind of thing, because that show made me want to throw up. Yeah. Um, to just come out and say, you know, it goes back to what Shakespeare said: there are more things on heaven and earth that are dreamed of in your philosophy. We don't know how the world works or how the universe works, and let's be honest about it. God makes as much sense as anything else. Yeah. You know, and so to go ahead and make that stand, I think that's really ballsy, if I can say that without you editing it out. Yeah. Um, that, and I, I, I applaud that as, as a decision. Hmm. I've got this weak, wicked editing hook that I'm going to – Oh no. No. <laughs> no! 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 I was very no, 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 of them no, to do no, that. The, 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 now everyone's going to say, "Well, how much does he edit out? What? How much does mm-hmm. Derek swear when he's?" <laughs> <laughs> Derek doesn't swear that much. No, please, he if at all. Um, just, 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 no, I'm just saying that. My, that was my take. On it's. It. it's I, I thought the the sci-fi action was kick-ass. Yeah. Can I say that? Is that okay to say? Yeah, it's time um, for the Marvel comic. Um, but you know, the fight in the beginning, like the thing that I love most with the, the space battles are like, you know, I haven't seen anything like that in, in sci-fi, you know what I mean? It's just so awesome. Like when they did that carnage, last, when yeah. they did that last jump, right. And the Galactic is sitting there, oh, it's, it's just creaking back and forth. Yeah. You're going to go, is this how it ends? All right, all right. Is it just going to collapse in on everything? Wow. I got to yeah. catch up. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. But I, I mean, you know, I'm. A fitting I'm ending s- for the sci-fi network before it becomes the Seafy network. Oh, oh boy, what is that all about? Why would they change that? I mean, you you've got the you've, cor- you've cornered the market. About. Yeah, if you're listening and 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 have not paid attention, you know, because I guess it really is kind of an arcane thing for us to freak out about. Is that sci- the Sci-Fi Channel or is it the Sci-Fi Network? I've lost even track of that. Sci-Fi Channel. The Sci-Fi Channel is changing their name in July. So right now they are SCIFI, and they're changing their name to SYFY. So I don't know if that changes the pronunciation or not. Sci-fi to Sifi, um, and lame because they're claiming that by changing their name to Sifi, they're more open to other programming to to the works of imagination. You know what? Oh God! Rather than just hardcore works of imagination, fiction. this is somebody who needs to be fired. The, now, first off, when the Sci-Fi Channel came out, they showed a fair amount of lack of knowledge of the field because for a lot of science fiction fans, the term sci-fi is a derogative. It is a, a cheapening of the of the mm-hmm. field and yeah. they actually dislike the term. Wow, because I think it's cool. I'm, I'm not saying. In fact, I'm I got to say, a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to NPR. Says you had a question about filk, and they accepted it as as the definition. An answer I knew was completely wrong. Oh my! Yeah, filk, okay. filk, filk, which is taking a song, a known song, and rewriting the lyrics to it to a science fiction aspect to, to give it a science fiction theme. And, and says yeah. you took it as any any music <coughs> that could be found in a science fiction film. Wrong. Well, that's so wrong. Like and, yeah. I know. Well, I know. That NPR, was my point. You're dead to me. I screamed at the radio okay. in my car, which was just ridiculous. Yo, give me the number. I was like, give Come me on, the number. I actually know Filk. I don't listen to it, but I know what it is. You know? But but anyway, the idea that so now they've been out there as sci-fi for so long, and then somebody thinks that this is a good idea. Well, you know what? Let's let's get... let's look at the brass tacks. Sci-fi is owned by NBC. 
Yes. So it's probably somebody at NBC going, how can we expand our, how our can branches? How we kill this science fiction thing? Well, yeah. Well, if we cut the nerd thing say, out honestly, of it, we can a, show you, more you went, NBC. You went NBC Universal, and here's what I'd say. The other thing is sci-fi as a brand, as a trademark, might be harder to defend because it is a derogatory term. But CFI, if that's how you say it, um, is it's, it's, it's coining a new word. It's coining a new identity, which can then be trademarked. Mm-hmm. And copyrighted and uh, becomes an NBC yeah. Universal. And property. you don't have to just show science fiction well, that's films. Yeah. The Sci Fi Channel actually has a book publishing arm. There yeah. are a number of book they, and, they, and a magazine. Yeah. It's not going to become a CFI magazine. Uh, but it, but here maybe brightening up about what CFI's doing is that they've announced they're going to take another <laughs> shot at a Riverworld series. I admire that you said that with a straight face. That uh, they're going to take another shot at a Riverworld series. I did read that. And that they're going to do an adaptation and turn The Phantom into a series. I, and did you read about the Riverworld series? Because they said you know, the first, they've done this once before. Yes, they did do it. We've been here before. Which we've I've done this seen. all before. Oh, um, by your command. Um, but the, the idea this time is that the main character is a journalist. Mm-hmm. Which again is uh, no the main character in that is Richard book Burton. is Richard Francis Burton. Yes. So anyway, but that's author uh, of the Arabian Nights. Yes, translator of the Arabian translator Nights. Translator of the Arabian Okay, and uh, the last thing you guys want to talk about tonight? Lost dinner? Oh, or dinner? Or do you want to do? Well, let's uh, wait. Let's, lost let's till get, next time because there's a new show. new episode tonight. And okay, oh, uh, real fast, one yeah. more TV, and then we'll just I'll just leave this till the next debate. Did you hear about the V remake? They're yes. Making? Yes. Did you hear somebody has already been cast? Who? Many people have already. been and, cast. Well, yeah, but one of the. Oh, you're right. Like, who was the main chick? The main chick had been cast. The main cast. female character. Yeah, somebody kind of recognizable. One I thought. of the visitors. Yeah, the main visitor chick was. Uh, oh God. Well, we'll save that for next time. But another party of five. Guy got cast as the main Scott protagonist, Wolf is, Scott, is, Wolf. Yeah, Scott yeah. Wolf. is going to be the now. Are they going to? Uh, the question I have for it is: the thing about V was, if you watched that originally, you didn't know going into it what their secret. And was. And it was awesome when they revealed when they because revealed you were it. like, "Whoa!" So are they going to just go with the same thing again, or are they, they going to come up with something? No, they should come up with something brand new. Oh, they may. Who knows? It's a cookbook because we, we don't we don't know for sure what they're going to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they're, because it's not, it's not, it, many of the characters they've announced in the, in the they're casting all, they're sheets. They're not freedom fighters like they're last not this, time. Well, but they, did, they didn't start out as free freedom fighters either. Because right. remember that V is, is two miniseries. There was, oh, it's like V and then V the final battle, and then, right? V the final battle. Yeah. And then there was V the ongoing series Seriously. after that. So, <coughs> you know. They also need to get somebody who's into hard science to get into that. Because remember what their plot was in the original series? Stealing the water. Yeah. So if you're gonna, if you are a spacefaring uh, civilization, you should be able to figure out that hydrogen is one of the most prominent things in the universe, and creating water out of that stuff. If you can go around to different planets, it's not something you need to go all the way to Earth for. Well, if only we could figure out how to do that for ourselves, that would solve. Well, we're not a spacefaring civilization. Well, yet. Do we maybe out it's hydrogen. Maybe it's saying, harder than it looks. Water? Maybe. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I thought they also wanted to eat us too, didn't they? That we were just we were just bonus. We were like Fritos. Yeah. No, but I thought there was a scene where they or went appetizer. into a giant locker and like yes. people were yes, they did. They yeah. were they were harvesting us as well. I think that's what it what it tra- what it became. 
And that was awesome because that scared the crap out of me. I was like, absolutely. I was like in sixth grade, and I was like, dude, V is awesome. It was all the shots of them tipping back their head and swallowing the rats. Well, oh, that God. didn't Jane really, Badler. Um, that didn't really bother me. Yeah, that was a disturbing image because she, she was so hot. I do have to admit, though, after you're going, what's her breath like? That when that first series ended, and the you old know, lawn's right. You and I, we're we're strange, Rick. I'm just going to say that right now because <laughs> for just a split second, I went, yeah, that's a really good. Wait a minute! It was just a hot chick swallowing a rat. <laughs> no, but I do have to say it, Dad. And you it? just named the podcast. <laughs> At the end of that first series, I'm proud. That's several weeks in a row anyway. where the uh, where the kids spray painting and the old Holocaust survivor goes, "No, you have to do it like this," and he shows them and with with a Spanish accent. <laughs> yeah, he was from Mexico. Chief <laughs> oh. Marin was a Holocaust survivor. <laughs> if you have questions. Comments, compliments, complaints. You want to date lawn? Write to editor at fanboyplanet.com. Send a picture, it helps. Yeah. I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of fanboyplanet.com. Letters with pictures get answered first. Uh, lawn Lopez. And Rick Bretzner, and don't send me your picture, but we want to remind you to use, use your powers, powers only for, for good. good. Hello, Dum Dum. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. Well, I, I, I won't. I won't uh, yeah, I, but you know, I, I, I used the, to like the Green Goblin being just crazy. Yeah. Sometimes sane is the craziest thing you could be. That's almost profound, Rick. And other times, and crazy is the sanest thing you can be. That's true. I live my life by that. I, uh, as you can check on Facebook, my my performance is Ariel, the Little Mermaid for Spirit Week. Um, that's up there. Video. What's up, bro, Montana. Broseph. Sorry, I just saw I love you, man. So. Oh. Oh, really? Yes, lover. And there's some other chick. Who's the chick with the? She's got like the uh, short skirt, long the snow, jacket. The no, okay, just because you know now. A whole room dedicated to me. <laughs> you do care. <laughs> Except you can't make phone calls. True, sure, but I get Skype. Yeah, you can do Skype. Actually, I've got Skype installed in there. I, I so really, how, what how, you're gonna say? Here's now how is, geeked out I was. I'm sitting in my garage. I connect this thing through Bluetooth to my car. Wirelessly, I'm connected to the home network. And I'm running Skype on the laptop. So I can talk through the car's phone stuff into the laptop and go out over the network to, to Skype. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was pretty Shit, neat. So I could use it as long as I didn't leave the house. So you you were sitting in your car. I was sitting in my car, with your laptop, making a phone call through the home network, dude. I think I erased it. Wait, it might be in my trash. I just said I've never hooked this up by a Bluetooth to my car. That's how you find out cool things. Sometimes you find out stupid things. And this is why you're not going to have grandchildren. I'm just telling you now. <laughs> 
Because uh, this is the example you're setting. He didn't know you when you were cool. I still am cool. <laughs> to us, Rick. To us. But <laughs> Well, that's a start. Do they, make, they have to make him look all zombified, though? Yes. Do you not understand when Rick ironically says DC zombies, that's what this is? No matter how many times Dan DiDio says, no, it's not. But do you think if they could have them resurrected with the power of a lantern, that they would just keep their cool for it's, it? No, it's the power of death. Well, the death. black light is death. You, I close you, your browser, I'm sorry. By the way, you, you've got to stop channeling your students. What? <coughs> yes. And, and the... Um, what was the other one? Oh no! It was at the end of last week's podcast. You were you and Goodson were going. Uh, I can't remember what it is now, but I I excerpted it a couple of times in the outtakes. Um, it's the uh, the I don't know what what the word is now. Rick, just let me be me. Yeah, that yeah. was it. Yeah, let me be me. All right, okay. you're not being you though. You're being your students. Mm, yeah. No. <laughs> we are our environment, Rick. Oh, you need to get out more. <laughs> when? Where? I don't know. <laughs> Let's do a you podcast. Like, uh, Bruce Campbell in Burn Notice. The only know. thing I did last week that was for myself, I podcast and go to your house to talk to Justin for five minutes. Yeah. Did that work out okay? It did. He was very proud that he was... He After I confused your mom. Yeah, well. That was fun. What did you need to talk to Justin for? <laughs> I borrowed the place. Because I had been too tired the night before and I forgot to disassemble everything and I got to work and I went, No, it was fine. I was glad yeah. to do it. Nice to go over there. Let's talk right, to Debbie for the Let's talk itinerary. Let's do it. Yeah.